Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday. Welcome to the 2nd of October. I can't believe it's the 2nd of October. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And the weather yesterday was so atrocious. I drove down the motorway. I knew it was going to rain. I didn't bother getting the car washed. I drove down the motorway and it thundered down. It thundered down. And at one point, you know, you literally, there are cars overtaking you left, right and centre. There's spray, there's lorries, there's all sorts of things. And it was just making life very unpleasant. And then right up behind me, comes a bloke who's rented a van from a company. I couldn't quite see what the company was until eventually I let him get past me. And so we're pootling, pootling down the motorway, and I've got this car right... It's like a, it's like, um, a transit kind of a van. And I thought, I'm going to have you, you know. And I really did. Because he's, he's tailgating me. He's tailgating me. So we're whizzing down the motorway. He's tailgating, and I decided that at the end of the day, I don't really want to be tailgated by somebody, not in my car anyway. And I very rarely do it. But he came right up behind me as if to say, get out the road. And I thought, you in a little rented transit? I don't think so. And he got too close at one point, so I banged on the brakes. Now, of course, what I, what I didn't do is bang on the brakes. What I did was touch the pedal so it lights the brakes up when you've never seen anybody react so quickly. He obviously realised his life was about to be over at that particular moment. And so I, he then tailed back. And then for the rest of the journey, for about 20 miles, he was, he was sitting there, just staying far enough back, because I was looking in the mirror and I thought, get too close, I'm going to jam those brakes on. I'm going to jam them on, you know, I'll, I'll take you out if necessary. People like that are just dangerous on the roads, just dangerous. And eventually, when I had to turn off the motorway that I was on to go on to another motorway, and he sort of, he pulled alongside, and I could see what he was doing, so I just basically stuck one finger up and then gave him another one of those happy little signs, something to do with sex and travel, and, uh, and made a mental note of the company that he'd rented the vehicle from, and I'm going to be phoning them Monday morning to let them know that he must have been doing some serious speeds on the motorway, and very dangerous, very, very dangerous. Let's make sure they don't rent to him ever again. Anyway, apart from that, it's all gone very well. We went to Onga yesterday. Onga's lovely. It's, it's, a, it's a bitty, bitty oldie-worldie-ish sort of Essex kind of lice village and all the rest of it. And people just generally drive through Onga. There's no, there's no reason, unless you live there, for you actually to stop. You just keep going. They've got houses right by the main road. Some quite nice oldie-worldie houses. And uh, prices, mm, so, 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 so down there. But uh, we go to a pub called the King's Head, which used to be a hotel. And then they changed it. And they've, they've, they've changed it for the Really nicely. We like to do different places. If there's a crowd of us going out for something to eat for lunchtime, then we like to... Of course, it was hopeless sitting at home because everybody starts falling asleep and you, you need to get up and get out. So we go to this uh, this pub and it was lovely. Food was great. It was not, you know, not over the world, you know, o- o- over the top food. It was just nice food. And I had a pizza, which I've not had and I don't have them very often. Just had a little pizza with meatballs on and that was quite nice. And then I had a tiramisu. And the only reason I didn't put it down when I tweeted it is I couldn't remember how to spell tiramisu. So I just put down dessert and then put, put a picture of it on my, uh, on my Twitter feed. And it was lovely. It was really nice. We had a lovely time. Uh, my oldest goddaughter was up in town yesterday. In fact, round here. She was going to a comedy club with her boyfriend. And uh, Nathan was off uh, doing things, I think, yesterday evening. We were thinking about it. And then the youngest was off to a, to a party. And the rest of us, I, ju- I drove back down the motorway. We had a little bit of rain. And then it brightened up. And then it was really quite sunny. And I get in and I thought, oh, that's nice. That's really nice, isn't it? And then in between going from the car to home, the heavens opened. It was almost like something of biblical proportion. 
It was absolutely unbelievable. And, and then a friend of mine phoned me. I said, I can't talk now. I'm going to be electrocuted. I'm on the telephone. And so uh, I sort of climbed into bed at about, I don't know, nine o'clock or so. No, eight o'clock last night and was out for the count. I have no trouble with this sleeping malarkey. If ever there was a fire, I'd be the one sleeping all the way through it. Anyway, nice to be company this morning. We'll do the usual uh, ripping the papers apart. There's some light, nice stories in there. There's some uh, silly stories, there's some horrendous stories, and there's some... Oh, that's a cute kind of story, isn't it? Uh, and also, the good news is, well, in fact, there was, there was two bits of good news. Uh, one is that the croissant, we've now discovered... I'm, not, I'm partial to a croissant, but not very often. Not very often, because I always thought, when they've said all butter croissant, I've often thought that means it's, it's bad calories. It can't be good calories. Now it turns out that there are as many... Um, calories in a croissant as there is in a fry-up. So that's taken that out of the equation, thank God. Uh, Also, the Variety Club Awards. Years and years ago, you would get the Variety Club Awards. They do it in America. It's like a roast. And uh, they honour a particular person. I think, you know, people like Joan Collins, uh, Muhammad Ali, people like that. They've honoured. And then they stop doing them. And the Variety Club should do them. um, Because I used to quite like the Variety Club Awards. In fact, I did like the Variety Club Awards. And uh, they're going to bring them back. So I'm very, very pleased about that. Very, very pleased. Uh, Frankie Bridge dragging out her five seconds of tediousness uh, by now telling you, uh, you know, being happy is all that matters and all that kind of stuff. And you think to yourself, who cares? I couldn't give a forex whether she's happy, miserable. So it's got nothing to do with me. Why does she insist on boring us? But I did laugh. I did laugh at uh, Katie Price. Yes, poor old... Katie Price, the one whose husband cheated with two of her best friends and how we laughed. Uh, and now it turns out that she's been caught out off for a secret two-hour rendezvous with some poor soul from Geordie Shore. They don't exactly rate high in my uh, celebrity meter, but, uh, but she sort of features fairly high because we like double standards. So she goes off, she goes back to a hotel... And she's away for two hours. And then she comes back. Somebody said it was a bit cloak and dagger. I mean, I would like to think, I would like to err on the side of caution, that Katie Price just went back for a little chat and perhaps a croissant or something like that. But, of course, the other side of me is thinking, he's always fancied her, and they go back to a hotel room for an hour, and then he drops her back at a hotel. And I'm thinking to myself, she says, oh, um... No, there was all sorts of people there. There was my makeup artist. I thought, makeup artist? Good heavens above. I thought Builder would have been better. Uh, he's bedded more than a thousand girls, and he's been uh, filmed uh, being dragged away from a, a bed mid threesome. And uh, obviously, you know, she was, she's been caught out by a camera. And that's the odd thing. So somebody knew where they were heading. It's all a bit, it's all a bit, a bit. It's sort of too obvious, this one, for me. A little bit too obvious. And she's obviously desperate to get some sort of publicity. I think she likes to prove every so often. She likes to prove every so often that she can still do it. But if if anybody does it to her, she, of course, has the mayor of all mayors. She has the complete fit and does the whole, don't you dare do this to me kind of thing, in that sort of nasally whine which she has, which she laughingly calls a voice. It just looks slightly odd. Just looks slightly odd. He takes her back to the hotel... And she says that there's, uh, there's other people there. Well, do we believe her? I've never believed anything. Every time she opens her mouth, I've never believed her. But I couldn't care less. Doesn't make any difference to me if she wants to play away from home. That's her business. She'll be delighted. And, of course, you know, the next thing is she'll be talking about you know, her unsold-out uh, show, which she's doing at the moment. 75 quid, you get a two-course meal and a glass of wine, because you'll need it to get through the rest of the thing. It's about an hour. And, uh, and you can ask her questions. 
So, you know, because she's always keen, isn't she? Every time you see a poor old soul on television, she's keen, you know, because the press, like, get things wrong. And so I'm, you know, as in, you know, sort of doing all this, and it's not true, and it's all that kind of stuff. And uh, another one here. The way I stop tailgating, I've got a sticker on my back window saying, live video recording in process. Well, I just think, just touch, just touch the pedal. That's enough. It, it threw him off. He, he, he had a little, little queenie fit in the van. He will do when I speak to them on Monday. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, a lot of people talking about that. And also, Nicole, you, you get certain people and they embrace media culture. They embrace every aspect of it because they live by it. Katie Price couldn't go out unless there was a photograph being taken of her. In fact, when she had a... Um, a series on the television. At one point, she went somewhere and she looked out at the window of this studio and she went, oh, are, are the paparazzi out there? And the other person, she went, no. She went, oh, because they're always following me. Well, no, they're not. No, they're not, dear. Producer saw a minicab driver on Coxpur Street wearing headphones. Not earphones, headphones. I'll tell you the stupidest picture in the paper today. My God, he's dumb. I think this is Pippa Middleton's ex or current. He's one of them. Has he got a... Is it James Matthews? Has he got a beard? Has he got a beard? If, if it's the picture of him, I don't want to get it wrong. I'll have, to, I'll have to find it again. He is cycling down the road, OK, on one of those rented bicycles with a dog under his arm. He's seriously cycling. He's got to be even thicker than his brother. It can't be the same one, can it? Is it possible that there's two thickos in the same family? Would that be entirely possible? I've got to find it because I couldn't, I couldn't quite believe that somebody would be that stupid and risk it. He's, so he's cycling with one hand... And the other one, he's got the arm around the dog and he's holding it. And it's not a tiny dog. Well, it's not an Alsatian, obviously, but it's, uh, it's something to, to make you sit up and go, whoa, what's going on there? And so I'm, I'm trying to find... I shall find it if it kills me. Oh, also, one of the blokes from uh, Gogglebox has got a book out. As if anyone's going to read it. It's the gay one. The gay, the gay hairdresser who sits down in... Uh, he's very odd. Uh, they say he's a favourite. Not with me. Not with me at all. Thank you very much indeed. His name's Stephen Webb. And uh, he's written a book called We Need to Talk. Unfortunately, not to you, we don't. Not to you, we don't. We're not remotely interested. You're just a minor, a minor person. Um, and as I pointed out to you some time ago when he came in to see us, um, the Harry Potter star, this is uh, Daniel Radcliffe, does not spend his money. He's, he, he sees no need to spend his money. There's nothing he needs. He's actually quite, uh, quite canny. He's got about 75 million and he's, uh, he's hanging on to it. And he just makes films that he likes making. And if they make money, then they make money. If they don't make money, he couldn't care. It doesn't make any difference. He's doing something that he loves doing. Uh, Cliff Richard could be back playing tennis very, very shortly. And uh, and then the new Apprentice stars. Yeah, there's loads of them. Loads and loads. Apparently, the accounts reveal that 25% of businesses run by the hopefuls are in the red. Because they're thick. That's why. They're just... No, there's nobody on there who's ever going to make anything of themselves. I think one of them used to be a pole dancer. One of them used to be not a pole dancer. And one of them used to be something else. And then one of them's got a, uh, an ex who's been in and out of prison. So there's always, there's always sort of a catch, isn't there, really, to all these people. You often wonder where they've been for most of their life. And the answer is in that place called obscurity. That's where most of them seem to come from. Uh, a lot of people talking about foreign doctors, the TV showdown, which gave Cameron a heart attack, and fur flies after Kate wears an otter skin gift in Canada. Now, the trouble is when they go over there, they don't know what these things are made of. They don't. The people there wither a bit dim. They've got no... They just know about Palace Protocol. OK, do curtsy before another resident. What's she wearing? Oh, dear God, it's otter skin. Yes, it's otter skin. Traditional scarves trimmed with the fur of endangered sea otters. And, of course, 
They don't know. They just put it on. They think it's a freebie and they, they wear it and they, they're sort of, they're fairly happy with it. And you think to yourself, oh dear, I mean, couldn't you have done something better? Right, here is this picture here. This is um, Donna Eyre. And it looks like, oh, it is James Middleton. It's, ja- wait a minute, so it's, oh, it's, sorry, it's Donna Eyre and James Middleton. So James Middleton is the thick one. He's cycling on one of these bikes, the Santander bikes, uh, with his lapdog under his arm. What a stupid man. What a stupid, stupid man. How to endanger a dog's life. They've got, he's actually cycling on the road. What a dimbo. What a real thicko you must be. In danger, riding with one hand. God, you must be more stupid. You, when you brake, does your bike sort of throw to one side and the dog rolls under the wheels of a lorry? What a stupid man, honestly. It only goes to prove, doesn't it, the richer they are, the more stupid they become. God, blimey. Mind you, I tell you what, we did have a, a good story, which I quite liked, which I'm going to bring uh, you it in a moment. And it's uh, the story, do you remember last week, of the girl whose father died and didn't leave her a penny piece? And uh, basically, the judge said, get off your fat bum and get out there and get a job. And uh, she's, she's hit back. You can tell what sort of person she is. She's been left with nothing. And she said, how dare a judge tell me to get a job? Well, I'll tell you as well, dear. Get off your bum. Get a job. Stop being so stupid and droning on. I'm not surprised your father didn't want you to get any money. He was obviously an immensely good judge of character. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 5.20 is the time. It's nice to be company. It's Steve Allen with you until 7 o'clock this morning. So you remember the story from last week, don't you? A lady called uh, Danielle Ames. And uh, the moment she had children, she stopped working. Uh, Her late father, I think, had a business and uh, and had a a lady with him. Uh, And so it became Danielle's stepmother. 30 years he was with her. 30 years. This isn't like some fly-by-night thing. Anyway, so uh, the father dies at the age of, I think, about 60. I mean, well, he died in, in 2013. So it was quite some time ago. It wasn't exactly like yesterday, was it? So three years, and he didn't leave her a penny piece, which, of course, he's more than entitled. It's his money. Do what he wants with it. Doesn't have to leave her anything. He might have thought she was bone idle. So she says various things to the judge, and the judge says to her, well, you'd have to get off your bum and go and get a job. You know, you've not worked for years and years. There's nothing the matter with you. The uh, the children she's got, I think, are... are, are. I'm trying to find out, actually, uh, how old they are. I think they're sort of, they're sort of normal age, you know, like sort of teens. Uh, but she decided that, uh, that she didn't want to... Um, she didn't want to work. So she didn't work. And so she's been existing on... Oh, there we go. The kids are Levi, 19, and Danica, 13. Well, get off your bum, dear. Go and get a job. Nothing worse than sponges, is there? He didn't want to leave you anything in the will. She's now said she thinks that maybe there is a second will. (laughs) A second will. Well, you know, normally second will, somebody would normally say something that this supersedes, and it would say it in the will. You know, this supersedes any other will that came before this date, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Either way, she's not getting a penny. And uh, she's got a huge legal bill now because she employed a barrister. She was so confident that she was going to get money out of her late father's estate. And he did a will and he left it all to the stepmother. But out of that million pounds, it wasn't a million pounds in cash. It was a £650,000 house. And there might be sort of £400,000 or whatever it happens to be in there. But she's not getting it. He didn't want her to have it. If he wanted to have it, he would have put her in the will. But he didn't put her in the will. So, consequently, she said, I had hoped to settle with Elaine. She calls her Elaine, as opposed to the stepmother. Uh, the, um, the stepmother offered her £50,000 when she dies. 
Well, of course, uh, Danielle doesn't want that. I always said to you before that the most embarrassing thing about people's lives is when they think that they're so, so right, but they're so, so wrong, but they're so blind that they cannot see that they're so, so wrong. So they go to courts, they employ a barrister. This is a woman on 800 quid a month. How much does she think barristers earn, for goodness sake? Well, they're just like a penny or something like that, darling. Perhaps you just shove them a sandwich. You really can't be that stupid. Please don't embarrass yourself. You've got a 19-year-old son called Levi. You must be looking going, oh, my God, embarrassing mother again. Because... Barristers cost a huge amount of money. And you're on 800 quid a month. Doesn't your partner work? You know, couldn't you get a little job or something like that? You know, like normal people in the real world out here. Hello, this is us waving at you. We're working. We're doing something for a living. And she says, uh, it's so hard for me to accept that he would have wanted to see his stepfamily inherit everything. Well, get over yourself, love. Get over yourself. That was what the will said. Why should it be overturned? That was his last will and testament. There might be another will. I mean, you know, you're now clutching at straws, but what you've got to do uh, is that you've got to... You've got to sort of pay this money. It's about 135000 She's been given, I think, a matter of days um, to pay 30-odd thousand pounds back again. Well, she's on 800 quid a month. Benefits. Don't do anything. It's called being lazy. It's called being lazy, you know, at least make some attempt. But to employ a barrister, I wouldn't even like to imagine how much barristers earn a day. 500? 600 a day? 750? VAT? Every time they send a letter, it's like 50 quid, isn't it? But anyway, she's, uh, she's got all of this uh, here. She said, I'm disgusted that the business started by my parents has gone to someone else's family. But that's the way it goes. Do you realise that if my brother and his ex-wife had been travelling in a car and the car smashed and they were both killed, they would deem that she lived longer than him so she would inherit everything. It wouldn't go to his family, it wouldn't go to me, it would go to the person who was youngest because they would deem to have survived longer than the person who was older. So all of our family stuff could go to another family that I'm not even aware of. You aware of that? That's why it's so important to make a will. Her father did make a will. You look at her and you think, well, you seem to be dressing quite nicely, dear. You can afford to get your hair done. So obviously you're not doing too badly, but you just obviously want a bit more, don't you? And I shouldn't imagine, you know, I mean, she has, they say for now she's resigned to the fact. She's got to pay £35,000 very quickly. She said it's a mess. Yes, but uh, but a mess that uh, that you orchestrated. And then she sticks the knife in. She's really bitter and twisted. She says, the judge got it massively wrong, but people who know my dad know he was a good man who would not have left me and my kids financially strapped. Well, how do they know that? What a load of old crapitola you talk here. She says, Elaine also knows the truth and hopes she can live with herself. Yes, she's fine, actually, thank you for asking. She says, uh, and they finished up with last night, Elaine declined to comment. Why should she? She was with a man for 30 years. He dies. She gets everything. Why, why would he want to leave anything to the daughter? You see, the trouble is, Elaine, who's inherited all of it, might have been thinking before that, listen, when I die, I'm going to put you in my will and I'm going to leave you £50,000. You should never, ever expect anything from your parents' will. I know it sounds really crass. It's like, I think Paul McCartney said he's not leaving any of his money to his children. And he's got, like, £750 million. He doesn't want to leave it to them. You've got to get out there and work. Sorry to, sorry to break this to you, Danielle. But, I mean, you're either very badly advised 
or you're living on another world. Bill, Bill Gates the same. He's not handing on money to children. You just thought that, you know, you'd be getting... What do you think? Half a million quid or something? No, no chance. He didn't want you to have anything. That's why the stepmother, who'd been with him for 30 years, gets everything. He owed her everything. And you go, oh, people who knew my father. What people? What people? Why were they not in court? But it wouldn't make any difference. It's a will. If I make a will and I decide to leave it all to the Home for Retired Hamsters, you know, then that's what my will says. People might want to challenge it, but at the end of the day, that's what I want to do with my money. I might want to leave it all to the producer. I don't. Of course, I'm saying that now in case it sounds like a legally binding contract. But you've got to accept the fact that, uh, obviously, you, you didn't know your father as well as you thought you did. You know, I wonder if you ever sat down. So he died age 63, and so she then launched the legal challenge. So there's a home in uh, Hoddesdon where Elaine lives and a valuable stake in a shop in Enfield from which the glazing business trades. For her part, Elaine told the judge her husband would have been incandescent with rage had he lived to see Danielle trying to claim a share of his money. She insisted, this is what Elaine said, and I think this was part of the court case, that he deliberately left his daughter nothing as he believed grown-up children should look after themselves. Yeah. I mean, Danielle comes over as lazy, petulant, you know, and just very, very bitter that somebody's got what she thought was going to be hers because it was her father. But he didn't want you to have it. He didn't want you to have anything. He wanted you to stand on your own two feet. My mother, I remember my mother saying, you know, I've divided my will up and she left various bits of jewellery to her godchildren. And uh, there was a property and there was a car and there was money in the bank. And so she said, you know, divide things up between the two of you, the furniture and stuff like that. So that's exactly what we've done. We've divided the furniture up. There's no argument about it. And she said, oh, I've, I've left you this amount of money. I said, Mum, I'm not particularly bothered about the money. I really could. I always earned more than my mother anyway. So I couldn't really care less. You know, what my mother had got was by scrimping and saving over the years. Probably like that man. He'd ended up with a £650,000 house, £400,000 in the bank, and he didn't want his daughter to get anything at all. He probably saw her as bone idle. You know, she has two children. I could understand it if the kids were very young, but 19 and 13, you know, I'd get them up chimneys quick as possible. I can't see any other way forward. But I remember when, do you remember Michael Landon, Little House on the Prairie? When he died of cancer, uh, it was, I think his will was £60 million, pounds, or £60 million. And he left, I think, the bulk to his wife. And then the kids got, I think, something like... I think they might... I think there might have been... I might not have got this right. There might be three kids or two kids. I can't remember. Either way, they got £10 million each. They took it to court. They wanted more money. They wanted more money. If I was Michael Landon, I'd have sent down a thunderbolt and lightning. Very, very lightning. Galileo, Galileo... I'm just a poor boy. Well, she's a poor girl now. A very poor girl. She doesn't have the money. And it's not likely to happen. But she's got a bill. And she's got to pay it. If she... Nine kids, did he really? I mean, he was very busy in the bedroom department. Very busy. I think it was about six, three, ah, uh, that's three, three marriages. I think it was on the last ones. I don't think he left money to other people. I know that there was a, a court case over it, because I remember thinking at the time, oh, how ghastly. The people fight over their parents' money. Is that the most dreadful thing? And yet, you know, other people die and they don't have to pay a penny piece. But in this particular case, the woman who'd been with this man for 30 years, not 30 weeks, 30 months, 30 years, gets the lot. And the daughter, who hasn't worked in donkey's years, gets nothing. And she thinks if she takes it to court, they can overturn a will. It's a legal document. There's got to be blooming serious reasons why 
he didn't want her to have any money because otherwise he'd put her in there. His 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 child, but he didn't he didn't want her to get anything. That speaks volumes, as far as I'm concerned, and the judge as well. You know, come into the real world, he says, go and get a job. You know, you've wasted your time up until now. Now you've got to do what loads of other people have to do. Not everybody wants to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning and come into work. I do. I do. Producer wants to do it. Well, I mean, might not want to do it all the time, but you get paid for doing it. It's not difficult. You can sit down, you can have a cup of coffee, you can put your feet up, put the heating up, put the heating down, turn the light on, turn the light up. You can do whatever you want. But if you're making a will, and I advise everybody to make a will, if you've got a property, make a will. Seriously, it's, a, it's as cut and thrust as that. If you've got a property, make a will. Because even an average place in London, I realise we're not talking about places up north, which doesn't count in the scheme of things, OK? Up there, you could buy Liverpool for 200 grand, OK? I see the house brace programme, and I look at them, and I'm fascinated by them. And I, and I always try and guess the prices, and they show you around this beautiful barn conversion. I think, God, that's beautiful, that's really, oh, it's worth it. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, 1.2 million? No, this is £430,000. You think, good God, you can't buy a place around my way for that. You're hard pushed to get a flat at that price. It's just, you know, it is, it's the Monopoly board, isn't it? The start of the Monopoly board. So, you know, if you've got a property and it's in around the London area, it could be worth a lot of money. Make a will. Not for, not for your benefit, but you might want your money to go to, you know, a charity or something like that. Well, then tell them in the will, because if you don't do a will, it's a blooming nightmare for somebody to sort it out afterwards. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to six. So I think we nailed that one. The advice is make a will, because if you've got a property... If you live in London, and I know thousands upon thousands of you listening at the moment in London, but also people out of town, if, if you've got one of those big old houses that's falling down, it could be worth five, £600,000. That's a lot of money to leave in a will, you know, and you can sit down there and you can sit down either with the bank and they will do it for you. That's what I did. I got the bank to do it. So they become my executors of my estate. You know, what little pittance I shall leave, ladies and gentlemen. But that's the whole idea, isn't it? You want to leave money for people. And I've, you know, I've, everybody's named in my will. <coughs> Father, Son and Holy Ghost. And uh, animals and stuff like that. You can leave it to whoever you want, but do make it. But then it's when people challenge it. When people challenge it, you know, basically, basically saying to her father, you made a big mistake, pal. In fact, that's why she's taken it to court. Her father made a will. She thinks there maybe could be another one. But, you know, they haven't produced another one. That was the that was the will. It might have been done years ago. I don't know. I've got no idea. I wasn't that privy to everything that went on in the court case. But I, I do find it quite interesting that somebody would actually challenge their parent. You know, so your father or your mother makes a makes an agreement with sort of, you know, people who do the wills and all the rest of it. And then you go, well, where, where's my money? Well, you didn't get any. Uh, well, I want money. I want money. And so, I mean, I would have thought that the barrister would have actually said to her, listen, it's, it's a will. There was nothing the matter with him. He died. He just died suddenly like that. 63 just went very, very quickly. And uh, that's obviously what he wanted. I can't believe barrist much barristers will take on any old case, won't they, nowadays? If they go, how much... I mean, I wouldn't like to imagine how much the barrister's fees would have been for that. Because there's a lot to go through, isn't there? When you go, oh, so do you think that your father would have wanted you to have the money? Yes, absolutely. Did he mention the fact... Mm, exactly, no. And, you know, and it went to, went to his wife, which is, which is how it should be. If he wanted to make a special concession, he could have put in, and to my daughter I leave £100,000. But she's bespurching his memory, I think. It's not very nice, is it? Uh, so, uh, ex-stripper, 
who's Alan Sugar's new apprentice. They get these old woofers, don't they, from somewhere. I don't know where they get them from. Perhaps there's a woofing agency out there somewhere where, you know, bring out your debt. What would you do, darling? I was a pole dancer and I sold my services for a phone box. You're in, you're in straight away. Come on, let's find you. Luckily, the press won't find out about you. But your friends will and your former clients. An ex-stripper. There's also a woman here. She's a mum of 14. She's got 14 daughters. She's not going to stop having children because she wants a boy. It's going to be a bit embarrassing for him, isn't it, really? I mean, 14 sisters and one boy. Also, soccer host shame. This story appears in a, in a few papers. Cancer-hit wife blasts disgusting TV footy love rap. This is Richard Keyes, the man with the hairiest arms. He's 60, well, 59. He's had an affair with a family friend of 27. And it's all a bit, it's a bit icky, I think. And uh, Julia said, it's disgusting what Richard and Lucy have put me through, knowing about my condition. She's got cancer. And uh, this uh, this person here, I mean, perhaps she's impressed. Perhaps she thinks she's going to get loads of money. And uh, they, they, they called him Mr Pond Life. In fact, uh, Anne Diamond has, has made comments about him as well, saying it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Oh, look, another divorce. Well, same divorce that we had last, uh, last time round. This is uh, poor old Cheryl. I'll be twice married now, honestly, and uh, found found love with a child, which is great. And uh, the divorce has stalled because apparently her ex, Jean Bernard, has refused to sign an order banning talk about their marriage. Go on, you talk about it, mate. You talk. Go on, sell her down the river because that's what you're obviously planning on doing. And so uh, Cheryl uh, announced that she was having wedded bliss. That was with Ashley Cole in 2004. He proposed in Dubai. They married in 2006. Uh, and then they separated four years later. Uh, divorce papers at uh, state he admitted being unfaithful with a number of other women. Uh, and then she had a brief relationship with uh, somebody called Derek Hoff. Although, to be honest with you, people weren't too sure about that. He was a, a dancer. Uh, then somebody else, Trey Holloway, for a year... Then she married Jean-Bernard fernandez Vecini after three months of dating. And then they split. And then she started going out with little Liam, who's never been out with an old woman before. And now he's going out with an old woman. And they're not sure she might be pregnant, might not be pregnant. Thank God he's got some money, eh? Whew, blimey, that would be terrible if he didn't have any money to actually pay for a child. Because that's what people do, don't they? Um, a lot of people talking about um, people working on the, uh, the construction industry. Driving like mad on the roads. I don't think uh, that transit vans were allowed in the overtaking lane. Not to stay in it. I didn't think so. That's what I was always led to believe. But I I have been wrong before. Not very often. Uh, Wait a minute. Kate vowed to return. Oh, God. Another freebie holiday. So they've been accepting the free presents. I didn't see any point of them going over to Canada in the first place. I couldn't care less. They say, oh, the kids won over the... Oh, right. So they're now exploiting the kids. The kids won over the Canadians. They were really popular. No, just the people you saw. The rest of the country was in a state of indifference, I should imagine. OK, so we've got William and who? Kate. What sort of... Are we planning on what? Well, perhaps we could be... Re- perhaps, perhaps he thinks we own it. Perhaps he thinks we own it. But, of course, she isn't royal at all. She comes from a party-planning family. They're not, they're not, uh, not super-duper rich. They're just very average. Very average family. Uh, but she's sort of pretty and she seems to... I think she's fitted in really well. I think she's, she's done OK. Can't be that difficult, can it? So basically you've got somebody to pull your pants up for you, wipe your bottom and do your hair. Not necessarily in that order. There's um, a traumatised soldier here. Um, it's very odd. And, and, and I don't know if the woman who's pictured in here is his current love or, she, or is it his mother. I'm seriously not sure. It, it doesn't really help me at all. Uh, Annika... Jen, let's have a look. Jen, 
Annika is his ex-wife. Good God in heaven. You'd never guess that these two were ever married. When you look at the picture in the in the paper today, um, it's, he's, he's been left to face PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, all by himself. And that's what happens to a lot of soldiers. They've got two adorable children, and uh, the insurer's refusing payment. They just don't want to pay out now, do they? I don't know why we take out insurance. I really don't. It just drives me absolutely mad. Absolutely mad. Uh, Dynasty could be on the way back. Yeah! Ooh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? And Joan Collins, pictured at the Palladium, I think the other day, looking stunning. She's in her 80s now. They're thinking of bringing Dynasty back. John Forsyth is still alive at the age of 92. Linda Evans is 73. She played his wife, Crystal. Joan's 83. I mean, she looks fantastic. I mean, seriously, she's 83. What could you say about it? 83? I don't know. She might sort of get home, you know, and go, oh, so tired. Which, of course, I do at my age. But uh, when you look at people nowadays, they're all... People are living so much longer. Except if they had a double glazing business, in which case maybe not as long as other people did. I mean, 63 is way too young. That's just stupid, isn't it? That's being taken mid-term, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm hoping to annoy people for uh, for a long time. A long time yet. Uh, the... Um, The Apprentice is back on very shortly. At the moment, it's all the publicity you're going to be reading about is strictly because it's a little bit, uh, a little bit sort of naff, a little bit naff. And uh, until we get further into it, nobody really uh, cares. Nobody cares about it until we actually kick people out. Um, that's, you know, it'll then start getting interesting. And the first one that we're going to kick out, I'm assuming, is Ed Balls or uh, that uh, that Rinder woman. Uh, who's on there. I mean, to be honest with you, he had his shirt off the other day. Well, sort of, it was slightly disturbing, I thought. They're still calling him judge. He's not a judge at all. That's the television programme. You wouldn't have somebody on there and go, oh, by the way, this is Peggy Mitchell. Barbara Windsor, isn't it? You give them their real name, not some made-up name. But they've got Tony Beak on there. So that's, uh, that's as bad as it's going to get. I could be Lord Allen. I mean, really, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I wouldn't mind going on The Apprentice. I'd shake it up on there. They've got sales executive from Essex. Yeah, right. And the rest of it. A salon owner from Glasgow. I mean, that kind of says it all, doesn't it? A salon owner from Glasgow. A property somebody. Uh, Marketing. That means you answer the phone. Hello. Do you want to buy a property? Thank you. Goodbye. Hello. Do you want to be friends with Jesus? Uh, Okay, thanks. Bye. Hello. Would you like to buy a washing machine? Yeah, that's what it is. That's what a marketing person is. Uh, somebody, a lot of people from marketing, which means they're full of old claptrap. Full of old claptrap. Uh, there's one here who's got a food firm in Wiltshire. Well, that kind of figures, doesn't it, really? Uh, and they've got one who's got an IT firm, but it's in North Hans. I mean, I don't want to be rude. Come on, you know, North Hans. Yeah. If you've got an IT firm, you've got to be down here in London, aren't you? London's where it all happens. Uh, then they've got one who's in car sales. That sounds like second-hand cars, doesn't it? What's he doing on there? A second-hand car salesman? How naff. One who's a consultant of what? A consul- yeah, they'll all be spinning you the lines. They'll all be spinning you the lines. Uh, one is into beachwear. Although, to be honest with you, look at the picture. I shouldn't imagine he ever wears his own products. Uh, one is an online fashion. I mean, she flogs a few outfits online, so she's probably on eBay or something like that. And, um, and then there's another one here who's got a cake firm in Wales. Uh, one of them, Courtney Wood, Novelty Gifts, Essex. I think we know what that is, eh, Courtney? I think we know what that is. That's very funny. But they'll all be on there, but uh, most of the businesses, most of them on there, not all of them, but most of them are in the red. That's what the papers have investigated. And, of course, as they dig deeper, as these people try and flog their tawdry little lives to you, it'll be getting worse and worse and worse. 
Oh, is, is John Forsyth dead? Is he? Oh, right. When did it... Oh, isn't it... They've got him in here. How funny he's in the papers. My friend Bill tells me that he... Wait a minute, let me just have a quick look and find out. Wait a minute, because I'm probably going to get all this wrong now. He died in 2010, apparently. Age 92. Wait a minute. The show's about Dynasty Random. Oh, there we are. John Forsyth, who died six years ago. Well, you could still bring him back. I see no reason, Bill. You're just being mean, aren't you? We could bring him back. He could play himself as dust. You could just have him in a small ashtray and refer to him every so often on, on the programme. and go, oh, um, Blake. And then they could cut to the ashtray sitting in the corner with a bit of dust in it. And then we could just sort of incorporate him in that way. I think you're being very petty about the fact that he's dead so he can't appear in the programme. Could happen to above. I don't know what's going on with the world. Very important, says uh, Michael, to make a will. A family friend who was second wife of her husband had a big battle with the stepchildren and the ownership of two properties were not defined in the will. The solicitors made a fortune after all was settled with lasting animosity. Sad situation. It is a sad situation. It tears families apart where there's money. Me and my brother didn't argue about anything. Anything. He's, I said, which furniture do you want? He said, oh, I'd like that, that, that. I said, OK, I'll have that, that, that and that. And that was that. That was, that was it. We sorted that out. And then the money was sorted out. He was executor of the will. He got the car, which I think he sold. And, um, and then we just divided the money. It was very amicable, very easy, because neither of us were greedy. Unfortunately, the woman who's mentioned in the papers today is very, very greedy. Very, very greedy. And it's not good. But do make a will. Please make a will. It'll make it so much easier for all those who come behind. When my brother's first wife... Oh, I call her the first wife. Uh... Uh, um, got married, her mother was there and uh, she was the one who died at Christmas about two years afterwards. She contracted cancer and um, we, we, we were spending Christmas at the house because we knew that she wasn't going to survive. They said she wouldn't make Christmas Day and in fact she literally didn't. She died on, on the Christmas Eve. So then we have to sort of get yourself to gear. But she was so organised with her money and everything else. She had all her bills in a box coming up. And inside each bill was that amount of cash to pay it. She was very organised and she did a will. So it was very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, what else we got? The um, oh, Nicole Scherzinger. The good news is that she's, she wants to be with you all and then she'll put off having children. Oh, lovely. I'm really thrilled about that. Like we care. Like we care. And uh, Robbie Williams, he's given up his hell-raising ways. Well, he's too old, isn't he, now? And he now watches reality shows. God, I bet he's bored. I bet he's really boring sitting at home with the wife, Aida, or Ada, or whatever her name is. And then um, Samantha Fox joining Loose Women. They go, she'll really sort of, you know, stir it up on there. Samantha Fox, why have they not... Th- She's been unemployed for God knows how long. I mean, could they not have used her before now? Or is it a case of now she's a bit desperate for some work? They've thought, let's use her. Because Loose Women's been going for donkey's years. Samantha Fox hasn't sort of, you know, she's not been sitting on Mars or anything like that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning. You are entitled today to uh, to stay in bed. You don't have to. You don't have to get out of bed at all. You really. I mean, seriously. There's no point in you getting out. What to do? What? What would you do? I have to pass on the fact that Anne Emery has died, and you're going to be saying to me, "Who's Anne Emery, Steve?" Uh, Anne Emery was 86. She was in the kids series Rent a Ghost, but she also did 10 years in Billy Elliot. She played Grandma, and in fact, if you get the uh, the special live version of Billy Elliot, which I urge you to get because it's so brilliant, uh, you'll see Anne Emery in there. And she came out of that, and she went into another show when they closed Billy Elliot. I think she missed Billy Elliot. 
I think she'd had ten years of going to that theatre, and all of a sudden, I, I know she went to something else. Uh, I think it was Betty Blue Eyes or something like that she went into. Was that the Talking Pig? I know it was something like that. But anyway, uh, she died the other day at the age of 86. So I just, uh, I just tweeted that a short while ago because I thought she deserved a mention. Uh, Anna says, I like The Apprentice. I will be watching. Yeah, some people like The uh, uh, the Apprentice. It doesn't really interest me. I've heard people telling lies before. And they do sit there and they all think they know what they're doing. But, of course, they don't actually know what they're doing at all. The whole thing is just bluff. They're very, very good at bluffing. And so they bluff. And uh, I can't say anything else about it, apart from the fact that it's a programme full of frauds. Eventually, they sort of whittle them down. They go, you're... Fire. I'd love to say that. You're fired. And then they sort of depart. No, no, I'm just pointing generally. That's what he does, isn't it? No, I've watched this. I've weighed it all up. You're fired. And, uh, and they do it quite well. And then they get in the back of a, a taxi. Yeah, I should try it on the Australian. Yeah, I'll try, try that tomorrow morning. Is he coming in this morning? Oh, he's, I bet he's not. He's, he's out partying at the moment. <laughs> I've never known anybody who parties like him. How you can party around a kebab shop, I've got no idea, but he seems to manage it, doesn't he? Um, I don't want to bring you the disgusting story that somebody's offering a tour of Madeleine McCann's last movements in Pryor de Luche. I mean, seriously. I'm very interested in the, in the Katie Price getting out of a car with some hunk, apparently, who's always fancied her. Perhaps they went up for a game of Lego or something, or they went over... or they. Some, well, I know... Well, th- th- there were two issues there. First of all, you know... The fact that somebody fancies the Botox queen with fillers, I can't imagine why. It's grotesque now. It looks bad enough on the television. I mean, seriously, there's better-looking ladyboys out there. Much better-looking. And so, But he's always fancied her. But he does come from Geordie Shaw. They're not exactly particularly uh, high standards over there. Uh, my baby has lost his daddy. This is this boxer who died the other day. I heard Andrew Castle talking about it. And uh, apparently, according to the girlfriend of this uh, boxer who's called Mike Towell, um, he'd been complaining about migraines. But, of course, I mean, if he told... He just put it down to nerves before the fight. I'd never even heard of him. I mean, seriously, I don't know any of these boxers nowadays. They bring them out, don't they? And and the girlfriend has said, you know, now my baby's lost his daddy because he collapsed, I think, twice in the ring, twice during the fight, and they were talking about it yesterday. And then what was the other one? Tyson Fury. He's been found or tested positive for cocaine... But then, allegedly... But this is from a body who isn't recognised by the British Boxing Board of Control. And then it turns out that he's suffering from depression as well. I thought, well, there you go. He was all big and bombastic before, wasn't he? And they're not sure if he's ever going to fight again. But, frankly, between me, you and the gatepost, I couldn't care less. Not going to change my life, is it? And um, the uh, the judge, Nicole Scherzinger... She says here, I've sacrificed having a family for my career. Oh, it's so sweet of you, darling. But believe you me, we don't care. We don't care. I mean, sorry, you know, I'd very much like to put the hand on the heart and go, that is such a sweet thing to do. But frankly, you're boring as hell. So I couldn't care. Go and advertise a yoghurt somewhere else. Obviously, no work in America, dear. But uh, she sacrificed that. It's all our fault now, isn't it? Typical. It all gets thrown back to us. It's our fault because we, because we actually wanted her and we want her on the top. I never voted for her. I never voted for Nicole Scherzinger. They go, she's very like she's always been a bit of a bit of a digger, hasn't she? Trying to find somebody she can latch on to, who's got sort of more money, and then. Uh, but just be careful, boys. She wants a family. She wants a family, and I don't think it's going to be happening just just yet. Uh, what else we got here? Shane's World. This is Corrie Shane Ward having a double celebration. She's got a new contract and a top award. Whoopee! That's exciting. Not really. Couldn't care less. And uh, here's a picture of. Um, 
a sort of... Oh, what was I watching the other day? You have to watch some of these programmes that sell jewellery. It's so hilarious. I think half these girls... I was, I was watching it the other day, and, and you, could, you could feel the build-up. She's holding a piece of tat... You know, I mean, you knew it was tat because it was going for twenty two ninety nine, and she said, and it and and it starts building up. It's like it's like a small explosion until she gets so so the price has come up at two thousand three hundred quid or whatever it is, and we're selling these at cost price. No, you're not. Don't give us this baloney, please. It's just embarrassing. And and then she and she builds and she builds until she's so excited, she can barely get the words out in time to flog this piece of tat. And there's only, there's only one of each. There's only one. It's it's gone to Jonathan. Jonathan is obviously one of their sort of cross-dressing customers who obviously like buying ladies' rings. And, uh, and I was sort of watching it. And you can feel this sort of... They're obviously taught to get terribly excited over nothing. You know, it's like picking up a pencil and going, it's, 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 it's a pencil. <laughs> it's like there's a scene in Tootsie where he's just about to take his wig off and tell the world that it's a man. And... And he comes down the stairs and, uh, and he's talking to one of the doctors and he said, and she, 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 kept, and they're going, they're in the, in the control room going, yeah, 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 like that. And this is how it is on some of these places that flog the jewellery. It's absolute tat, most of it. She keeps, I mean, one of them the other day, hilarious. This is so rare, this stone, 1999. So rare. I thought, oh, there's me thinking it would be a few hundred thousand pounds. No, 1999. Who are they flogging this rubbish to? They must be flogging it to people who've never actually been near a jewellery shop or spend most of their time looking at H. Samuel's window and thinking, God, if I got that on one of those channels on the television, I could get it really cheaper. And they go, and this is rare, 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 double A tanzanite. Most of you haven't got the faintest idea what it is. You just go pretty cut. And then then they get out a polishing cloth, which turns out to be worth more than the piece of jewellery they're flogging you. It's tat. Occasionally they might have a nice piece and they put a they put a price on it and then of course it doesn't sell and they and then the thing flashes up and it goes everybody pays the same price you think nobody's bid on it nobody's bid on it they're waiting for the nine ninety nine section to come up it really is it's it's absolutely pitifully sad the presenters on it I do feel so sorry for them they've sold their soul to the devil they've sold it and they sit there they must go off air and go oh so exhausting more exhausting than sex. In fact, probably for many of them, it's a bit of a substitute. Uh, the former One Direction star, Zane, apparently may never tour again. Well, he hasn't toured by himself anyway, I see. He's pulled out about three gigs. Uh, this is due to crippling stage fright. So he's obviously not been to anybody. He's just sort of getting on with it, because he can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. So there you go. But he's expecting you to buy his albums, which kind of makes me feel, let's not. Let's not. You know, if you can't be bothered to tour, people want to see you. That's the whole idea about the business, isn't it? The whole idea is that you bring out an album which has been carefully crafted in a studio. They expect you to go out and, uh, and you know, sing it or do something. And he goes, I can't because I'm, I'm cr- I think it's just there's no chance of him doing it at all now, is there really? Terrifying scenes on Celebrity Island as Lydia Bright lay on her back screaming in agony. And uh, here she is. I mean, she is the biggest twerp of all time, actually. What a simpleton. But she lives, of course, for the oxygen of the cameras. Unfortunately... Not for her poor, sad relationships, which fall apart. And so they've got other people there. Uh, Lydia is proving laughably hopeless at survival. She can't do anything. I mean, she's laughingly hopeless at just about everything. And have you seen the mother? God, in heaven, there's a whole family of them, which is very worrying. Little Aston Merigold, who quit, insisting that his dance work was a different endurance. I'll say. And uh, Peter Andre apologised for Insania, the dreadful old racket he knocked up in ITV's jungle shortly before he knocked up Katie Price. His brain boiled by the Aussie heat. 
Sorry about that. <laughs> Chuck it in this morning. Like one of those things. Who cares? But uh, you know, so Aston Merigold. I mean, I fear that there is a world of nothing awaiting Aston when he leaves the uh, the program. Which I think, because I think they've already filmed it. I'm pretty certain it's already been done. So they have to keep uh, fairly quiet. But as I say, I think if he thinks he's ever going to get back in the charts this century, I think it's highly unlikely. And I don't think anybody's going to do anything with him. He had to turn up on Celebrity Juice the other day. And I began to think, it's looking a bit tragic, isn't it? They can't find anybody for Celebrity Juice. It's getting so bad now. Oh, what I did, remember I told you I went past Holly Willoughby's house the other day. Uh, I won't tell you where it is, because otherwise she'll have people going down there. And I did say her bush needed trimming all the way round the outside. All the way round the outside. Buffalo girls go all the way round the outside. And um, I went past it the other day. She's had it trimmed. It's all been trimmed. She's quite clearly listening to this programme and going, oh, God. Hi, Holly. Quite clearly going, oh, God, Steve Allen's criticised my hedge. And uh, it's quite a big hedge. There's quite a lot of it. But luckily, she'd called somebody in. She obviously said, Dan, get somebody in. Steve Allen's noticed how bad the hedge is. Because I always think untidy bush, untidy hedge, untidy house. That's what I think. I'm like, you know, I'm just like that. I can't help it. Oh, look, a couple more bimbos. Who are these ones? Reality telly double act. Holly Rickwood and Kaylee Morris. Nope, none the wiser, darlings. None the wiser. Sorry about that. But uh, nice if we'd make a contribution to uh, to the Daily Star today. I'm sure the, the readers of the Daily Star will be absolutely thrilled. Uh, coming up very shortly, news at six o'clock this Sunday morning. At least it's going to be better weather today. I can offer you a little crumb of comfort. Uh, cash con by Nan, hooked on bingo. Oh, Paul Gascoigne's missed another engagement. Too drunk, ladies and gentlemen, to be even allowed on board the train. Even on board the train. I mean, it's getting embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, the Ghoul's Day Out, the, a Brit who is offering a tour of Maddyville. These are the... Loca- I mean, really, it doesn't get any sicker than that, does it? Uh, also, uh, French, fancies Bake Off. You'll like that one. Uh, Nicole Scherzinger, who's doing it all for us. It's so, so sycophantic. And Robbie Williams likes reality shows. Well, he better like something. The singing career's ground to a hole, doesn't it? I think. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to be company. It's Sunday, the 2nd of October. The weather picks up a bit today, and we've had... Re- Honestly, it was like a small tsunami. Yes, I've never seen the rain come down. One minute you, you sort of drive through it, and then all of a sudden, brilliant sunshine, and then you go another mile or so, and then psh, down it came again. Dreadful. Samantha Fox has signed up for Loose Women. Uh, Cheryl's divorce has gone stally because he's refused to sign an order banning him talking about the marriage. I mean, who does she think she is, for goodness sake? I couldn't imagine it would be very interesting, their marriage. She sat in front of the television, painting her toenails and reading about herself. Almost as exciting as Katie Price, who features in the paper today because she disappeared with somebody from Geordie Shaw for two hours. Apparently there were loads of other people in the hotel room, so she says. But there again, can we believe anything that poor creature comes up with? Probably not. Uh, The Sofa TV star, Heroin Killed My Brother. He does have a book out to flog. This is somebody from Gogglebox. It's one of those uh, gay guys from Brighton. They're both hairdressers, surprisingly. Both immensely camp. But he's brought a book out. Who on earth is going to buy that? Seriously, I mean, ask yourself the question. He's a little-known person on a little-known programme. Who's going to buy the book? Nobody. I've noticed on that dinner date programme that the bloke who sort of fronts it has now turned himself into some sort of celebrity. With, with a very funny... He pitched up on some television programme. I'm shouting at the television, go away! Who are you? You're nobody. You're an absolute nobody. Ridiculous. I've never heard anything like it. Seems anybody can turn into these uh, celebrities nowadays. And, um... Other one here, it says you can buy posh pencils. 
Oh, I've got a very posh pencil. I've got uh, I've got a posh biro. I've got a Mont Blanc in my uh, in my wallet, which is quite nice. Kate and Jim are in Brighton, but somebody's got to be, I suppose. Another one here. Uh, which says, uh, forgot to say, apparently the eyes of the law, regardless of what is written in a will, it doesn't make it legal under family law. I would go to the papers with this, but not sure there would be anybody interested. Well, put it this way, uh, the whole idea, I'm not interested in family law. What do you mean family law? It's a will. It's, uh, it's, it's legal. That's the whole idea about it. It's a legal document. That's your last will and testament. This is when I die. This is where I want my money to go to, you know. You, you, you can challenge it, but to be honest with you, the judge in this case obviously saw her for what she was and decided... I mean, otherwise, there's no point in making a will, is there? What's the point of making a, a will? Ridiculous. Uh, another one here, talking about uh, Christmas, which is just literally around the corner. We, we've started planning Christmas. Might seem ridiculous, because I think there's going to be about one, two... How many is it going to be? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of us for Christmas lunch. So I think it's going to be like a buffet. It's going to be Christmas lunch buffet, but that's the only way we can manage it with ten people. It's going to be absolutely chock-a-block. We don't know if we're here for breakfast yet, no. It's a Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that I'm going to be doing this till seven, but I have a feeling there might be some in-conversations. I have a feeling. This is, this is how I think it's planning out. I don't know this, so do not take this as, uh, as verboten. Uh, well, it will be verboten if it doesn't actually get through. But, uh, but there might be some in-conversations over Christmas, mainly because we've had some super celebrities in this year. And, um, and I'm assuming that I'll be doing till seven or eight or something like that. And then I can go and have Christmas lunch on a Sunday, because whatever it is, it's driving and it's going to be 150 miles round trip. So uh, don't start falling asleep, because I'm going to be back in... Oh, I've just realised I'm back in again on the Monday, which is going to be the Boxing Day. And that's another food thing. And then back down for that, and then back... Home. Oh, dear, honestly. I think Christmas this year is going to be very stressful. I'm stressing out thinking about it now. Uh, what else we got? Oh, in the papers today, the uh, you can get free free chocolate digestives. I don't know why I'm telling you that. I don't think it's of any interest to anybody at all, is it? Free chocolate digestives. Uh, Heartache of Strictly's Daisy Lowe. Uh, The man she believed was her dad for 14 years has told of his torment at losing his daughter uh, because she thought she had a father. Well, she did have a father, but it was the wrong one and it was somebody else. This apparently is a story in the newspapers now. And uh, uh, Victoria Wood betrayed by her brother, they say. Uh, Plus, guess who's a chewin' to replace Mary? Channel 4, apparently, are looking at French and Saunders. They'd be good, wouldn't they? I think, would they be good? Oh, you're iffy over that one. Well, to repl- well, you certainly wouldn't want to replace Mel and Sue. They're not, they're, super, they're surplus to requirements anyway. I watched them on the programme the other day, and I remember thinking, so it's really Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood, but the other two lame, not funny comedians seem to think it's their show. So they've started must, but they don't do it. You don't need four presenters on that programme. It's like, it's a terrible waste of money. It'd be like sort of waking up, you know, and having three presenters on this programme. You know, Steve Allen and his posse on a Sunday morning. It would just be ridiculous. Uh, TV life. And here she is again, droning on, because nobody's interested, really. Is Frankie Bridge being happy? Is it all, all that matters? They're laughingly still calling her a singer. That's like saying, you know, I'm still a carpet salesman. And uh, she's fighting the bullies, which is the old story we did about four weeks ago on the programme. She's still trotting out that one. And also on keeping fit. Oh, don't tell me she's got a fitness DVD. I couldn't bear it. I couldn't bear it. Let's have a look. Oh, Amanda Holden. We like Amanda Holden. She's funny. She's very funny. Frankie is supporting... Oh, 
God, honestly. They, <laughs> just, they obviously sort of find somebody who's not working and they align them to something. And um, she's supporting Gillette. <laughs> I couldn't make it up, could you, really? Anyway, so what are you up to? Here we go. I'm working as a UK ambassador. I thought, oh, good, this'll be interesting, for a jewellery brand. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so really busy, love. And um, how do you deal with online trolls? The good news is she's just... I just did a documentary about tracking internet trolls. Social media is a faceless platform for people to abuse others. You're just jumping on a bandwagon. Just jumping on a bandwagon. We know that it goes on. I've said to her all the time, why are you wasting time going to the newspaper with this? You should have gone to the police. Police can find them in seconds. They've also got images. Who are these people on the television at the moment? Oh, this is over the fan violence. Cool, those... 76 people have already been arrested. This is after the crowd trouble at Hampden Park. And please say anybody who recognises anybody uh, should actually contact them. Their phones must be ringing off the hook. You can identify those people. Also, they did get £20,000 for the family of the boxer who died. That came went through very quickly, didn't it? That towel, in it? And uh, £20,000. Uh, Ricky Hatton said it. He could just cough up the toll £20,000 himself, actually. But uh, they got that money really... Oh, here's Steve Dixon. We like Steve Dixon, don't we? In his familiar weekend role. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Rick Parfitt's latest wife, he's dumped her. Because apparently it's a bit of a row over, over money in a house and things like that. Because you know that he's not touring. They've had to cancel the tour because he's not, he's not well enough. He's really not well enough. Some people can tour. Some people find it very stressful. Uh, his doctors have said, you're not to, uh, you're not to do it. You're not to do it. So they've cancelled it. So now, presumably, he's just going to be sitting at home twiddling his thumbs, which must be a little bit disconcerting. Disconcerting. Uh, there was also the airline who have banned 22 louts for life, people who turn up drunk. And quite rightly so, these people should be left in countries. I mean, some of them sort of try and board a plane back in Ibiza to come back to this country. And the airlines say, off the plane, off the plane. You can find somebody else to carry you. Well, I want my money back. You're getting nothing back at all. OK, off the plane. We'll have you arrested. It's as simple as that. I don't want to sit on a plane where there's drunks. I personally am of the opinion, probably seems a little bit lame and a little bit late this time of the day, to say that we shouldn't have alcohol on sale on planes at all. Why do you need alcohol on planes? What, you can't go for two or three... Well, my friend Graham will be apoplectic. What are you talking about? whole idea of him flying to America is that he, uh, he spends it in an alcoholic haze of champagne and everything else. But you don't need it. All I would like there to be on planes, when you get on there, maybe some scampi in the basket uh, and some toasted ham and cheese or ham, cheese and pickle or ham and pickle or egg mayonnaise and pickle or salt beef or something, anything. But not, no alcohol. Why do you need alcohol on a flight? Unless you've got some drinking problem. And it's terribly expensive. You don't, and people go, oh, we're on holiday. Well, blow up a rubber ring, amuse yourself that way. Don't go for the alcohol, it's ridiculous, because you're liable to get yourself banned. So these uh, people have been banned for life, 22 of them, because they're drunks. They're drunks, you don't want people like that at all. It's absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, what have we got in the paper as well today? I was trying to find something. Oh, there was uh, some more protesters at Heathrow Airport I missed the other day. This was for a die-in. Uh, they were wearing dust masks and holding banners. They lay down on the floor of Terminal 2. Other demonstrators dressed in red. This was over uh, to protest against airport expansion at Heathrow. Who are these people? Other demonstrators dressed in red lay in the road outside Harmonsworth Detention Centre to argue that climate change was to blame for mass migration. Are they in the real world, these? Oh, it's all these snobby ones, isn't it? Come from the super-rich families. 
And they just sort of say, what are we doing today? Cynthia, what are we doing today, darling? OK, lying in the road. OK, yeah, that's fab. OK, and see you down the wine bar afterwards. OK, right, OK. I'm lying down in the road. I've changed myself to my friend Lucinda. Look, 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 we're chained, we're chained. We're not going anywhere. I'd leave him there in the road. Seriously, I'd leave him there. I'd, in fact, actually drive in stakes and chain them to the stakes so they can't undo the thing. They can't go anywhere. Put the police handcuffs on them. You know, they go, uh, could you undo us so we can go to the toilet? Can't hear you. Could, could you just un- uncheck? No, still can't hear you. Not interested. You're just going to have to sit there in a puddle of your own wee, I think. Uh, this is, um, there's a prison art show. There's no doubting that obviously some, some prisoners are very talented. They're also crooks. That's why they're in prison. I mean, it doesn't actually matter to me whether, you know, they might be good at crochet work. But there's one here and uh, they're making money out of art they are creating behind bars. Um, there's one here. Their price is up to £300. They seem quite good value, actually. The charity doesn't reveal the full name of the artist uh, or their crimes. But uh, it's nice. David spent three years in Brixton. He believes art can prevent criminals reoffending. Yeah, well, probably you might be right, actually. Although, actually, if you combine the two, you can go out, thieve the stuff, do the art, and then go, um, it's kind of like, you know, it's my statement. It's my brush with the law. Uh, and they've got radio sta- Well, in prison, there's a radio station. Is there really? Honestly, Brixton's got a radio station. God, enough. There's one bloke, he's complained to the, um, uh, to the prison authorities. He's 73, he's a, he's a habitual burglar. He spends most of his time in prison. He's complaining that they're not protecting him from the Muslim thugs who are in there, he said. Because there seems to be an awful lot of Muslim thugs. They're building mosques inside now to cope with the amount of people who stray from the straight and narrow. Can't quite work it out, actually. I mean, it seems... Sort of, so he, he's saying, that I'm, I'm suing the prison authorities because I should be protected. It's obviously worse in prison than we thought. We know they're all getting drugs and stuff like that. God, terrible, really, isn't it? I never th- <coughs> I've never been into a prison, actually. I've seen pictures of what they look like, and I've, I've seen, you know, Alcatraz and stuff like that. Is Buffett pronounced Buffet or Buffett? That's oh, pronounced Buffett. Yeah, we're having a Buffett. That's, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, the little what? Little Miss Tuffet, yeah. Little Miss Tuffet sat on her Tuffet, eating her curds and whey. Buffet. I've never heard it called Buffet before. It's Buffet. That's how you pronounce it. It's got a T on the end. If it was Buffet, it'd just have an A-Y, wouldn't it? But it's it's Buffet, quite clearly. Dick, I don't know why people ask me these things. It's a Sunday morning. Have you got something better to worry about? Goodness sake. Uh, Anna says, slurping your drink again. I have to. I have to. It's the, only, it's the only reason people know that I'm actually drinking my, uh, my medicine. Um, and the reason I sort of drink my medicine is because I can on a Sunday morning. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Don't you think Prince William could have stuck a pair of jeans on and tried to look a bit more casual, I suppose, like some stuffy Englishman on this uh, freebie, sorry, this uh, official tour of Canada? You know, every time you see him in a suit, you think... Don't you think a pair of, you know, casual jumper thrown over the shop? You wouldn't find Harry dressing up in a suit. He'd be out there in his tracky bottoms. He'd be going, oh, God, back to my place. Bit of an old sherbet going on, eh? And then the kids, you know, it's, it's sort of kids sort of dress up. And they sort of, everybody wave. OK, wa- George, wave. George. George. George, of course, wandering. He couldn't care less where he is. Yes. No, I won't wave. Yes, wave. Your sister waved. I won't. <laughs> I love stuff like that. Uh, Camilla Tomine, writing in the Express today, talks about poor old Shami Chakrabarti. Who? That's the big question. 
who, why, would be the second question. Uh, she thinks that everybody hates Essex, man. She's been forced to apologise. She'd have been in the House of Lords about five seconds, and already she's, uh, she's apologising. And um, uh, Bill, my friend Bill, says, I heard Joan Collins on a radio the week before last talking about her one-woman show, the Q&A thing. She was talking about Dynasty and referred to a cast member she didn't get on with. Um, I, I can tell you who the cast member was she didn't get on with, Linda Evans. Linda Evans and her didn't really get on very well. That's why when they did the the fight scene, they, they did a fight scene, which was well-documented, Bill, outside in a puddle, and I said, I can't remember if they used double. Whatever it was, they, they were playing it for real. They really didn't get on, because Linda Evans was shot through Hessian on the programme, because she, she aged so badly, whereas Joan had sort of hung on to her, uh, her looks. And when you see her, she does do it. I mean, she's 83. She looks amazing. It's amazing. Looks better than Shami Chakrabarti. But there again. They are. They're, oh, look, you found it already. That was the thing. They were ripping hair off each other and everything. And apparently somebody said they're really playing for serious. Really, really good fun, actually. I love Dynasty. Isn't it funny? It was just terribly rich people. And, and it was just there. I can't remember what the story was about. All I know is that... Um, Forsyth sort of ran the family and I think he was married to Linda Evans but I think he'd had an affair with Joan Collins or he'd been married to Joan Collins before but it was all good stuff actually and uh, Kate O'Mara was in it Rock Hudson popped up in it do you remember he was doing kissing and that was before people knew because he'd started looking quite ill uh, as the HIV virus uh, took control and uh, and he, he then did this kiss they're going oh shouldn't have been kissing shouldn't have been kissing kind of thing, and um, it was very interesting, because there was a spin-off called The Colbert, I loved it, Emma Sams was in it, uh, Stephanie Beecham was Sable Colby, Sable Colby, they must have, I don't know where they get these names from, they just think about putting down something particularly, particularly nice. Uh, other stories in the papers, the horses, there's a pickup truck, okay, don't want to sort of wave the thing, a pickup truck with a horse attached to the back of it, which is being dragged along the street, with a foal running alongside it. Never seen anything like it in my entire life. What sort of people they would be. Uh, Paul Gascoigne still drinking. I don't know what we do about him. I think we just give up, wash our hands and say, thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's been fun, but, you know, there's obviously no saving you. You're obviously very lonely. You obviously drink because it's an addiction. You've had the uh, the drying out bit. Now you've gone back onto the booze. And, um, and it, it just... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else we do. Uh, another one here. And uh, Carol says, what is so funny about these demonstrators at Heathrow? They don't work and they fly around the world to demonstrate. Ironic? Yes, I know. Yes, car- well, that's like um, Leonardo DiCaprio flies around the world, huge carbon footprint, to, to, to demonstrate about green issues. You think, what? It's okay. They're, they're so daft, these people. But the demonstrators, they're all okay. Yeah, they're all called Lucinda. And the boys are all called Sebastian. And uh, Mumsy and Dadsy are just like, OK, you know, we, we had a really super education, but we're going to make our mark because we are, we're just demonstrators, OK? So we had plain stupid. Then we had the uh, Black Lives Matter, and yet not one of the people was black, which we thought was hilarious. Black people going, we don't want to associate with this. We know Black Lives Matter. We're not stupid. Oh, dear. Uh, somebody says, uh, I read that Clive Bull used to work for you as your producer on LBC. Uh, not strictly true. Not strictly true. No, not strictly true. He did used to feature on my programme. That is, that is true. But I don't think he ever actually uh, worked as my producer. Well, he, he might have phone-opped my programme because he was going through the LBC system. And so I was a presenter when he was doing phones. But he was doing that for... Um, who was he doing it for? 
can't remember who he was doing it for. Brian Hayes. He was doing phones for Brian Hayes. And then he got his own programme, which was a kids' programme on a Saturday morning. But I used to use him. We, we did a book review, kind of. Which I seem to remember being very funny. Uh, listening from Cologne, says Sanjay. Here for the marathon. Love Germany since my REF days. Always keep returning. Uh, Sanjay, of course, uh, likes staying away because he comes from Croydon. And if you live in Croydon, the idea is you want to spend as many days out of the country. You know, it's as simple as that. Uh, one here. Could be Michael. Could be Paddy. He says, I'm listening to the lovely acidic tongue of the Steve Allen show. He says, if you're a lovey of any sort, you are a target. Oh, it's true. But, but we only do Z-listers. We only do Z-listers. I try not to do anybody who is sort of uh, famous or anything like that, because if they're famous and they've earned it, then that's OK. I, li- I like that. I like that. I was going to bring you the weather, actually. Ashley sent me the weather. Chilly start. Certainly chilly. I've got my big coat on today. I'd have to go and buy another coat, I think, later on. Uh, lingering showers clearing during the morning. I left my umbrella down at my godchildren's. It's only got, I got halfway down the motor. I thought, oh, God, the umbrella. And it's one of my nice light-up umbrellas. One of those super ones. It's still, yeah, only about another 14 left in the car, 13 or 14. Uh, so, chilly start. Eastern coastal areas could stay breezy. Cold northerly winds gradually easing. Fine day with sunny spells. Uh, high 17 degrees tonight. Clear skies. Very cold overnight. Frost. Frost. Did you hear that properly? Frost. Yes. Grass frost. Oh, dear. That means Holly Willoughby's bush around the house would be terrible. Because sp- you know what you get on those bushes now? You get spider's webs. There must be millions and millions of spiders clinging to bushes, even as this programme is being transmitted, thinking, oh, it's now because it goes all frosty. And spider's webs in the morning. Have you seen them when they look fantastic, when they've got a little bit of dew on? And uh, they look really, really pretty. I, I, I don't like spiders, though. I, I walked through a thing once, and the spider had spun its web over it, and I walked through it, and the next thing, I'm dragging off it behind me. It's like, Because you don't want to sit in the car and all of a sudden feel a spider crawling up the side of your neck. I think I would possibly crash the car. I think it would be fairly dangerous, fairly dangerous. Front page of the uh, the Telegraph. Wait a minute, are we doing anything on football today? On the front page? Uh, uh, oh, Minister warning football. Time to clean up the game. Harry Redknapp apparently would have done us yesterday, but apparently he's very cross. Very, very cross. He stamped his foot because he didn't like that idea that people had said, oh, wait a minute, so you're part of this, are you, as well? Because his players, apparently, bet on themselves. Now, I was led to believe they can bet on themselves to win, but you can't bet on yourself, or you're just not supposed to bet at all, really. He thought that you could. He thought you could. You think you can't bet at all if you're a footballer. Oh, right. God. What do they do with all their money? Spend it on all those bimbos, don't they, who go out and buy... They could bet on other sports, but not on football. Gosh. I knew it was going to go pear-shaped. I knew it was going to be one of those days where I thought, oh, I wasn't too sure. I'm looking at this... uh, This is a... I don't know who any of these people are fighting at the moment. They bring... Do they go to cemeteries or care homes and dig people up and then say, would you like to come and, uh, you know, do a fight because you can earn a lot of money? Ridiculous, isn't it? That was Nathan Cleverly, was it? Oh, he won a match. Ooh, whoopee. That sports bloke there has been doing it for ages, hasn't he? For ages and ages. Can't be long for this world. Uh, shoulder pads set to come back. Uh, the reason is Dynasty could return for a new era. Can they afford to do it? Can, you know, because it was Aaron Spelling, and Aaron, Aaron Spelling had so many of those programmes. He had this huge house, didn't he? Because it was one of the, um, the Eccleston girls who bought it. It's got something like 60 bedrooms. 
I mean, I don't think she knows 60 people, poor soul. Uh, Theresa May will today announce she will repeal the 1972 European Communities Act in a move that will formally begin the process of making Britain's Parliament sovereign once again. Uh, the Royal Tour in pictures. I mean, to be honest with you, who cares about the Royal Tour? We see it on the television. We see it on the television. Oh, look, he's wearing casual. He is wearing sort of jeans, I think. I like it when they look casual. I don't want to see... Nobody wants to see people dressing up in suits. You know, I think it's, it's, it, there is probably a place for suits. But, you know, if you're going out on one of these tours, I quite like the idea that it's, that you know, sort of going out there and you're doing it, you know, casually. Because it, it, it must be... Yeah, well, I don't want him to wear football shirts. Oh, no, no, no. We don't want to see any loyalty. I, I can't imagine he even knows anything about football. I know he doesn't support football, does he? He's president of the FA, is he really? I thought he only liked rugby. I'd love to go through his diary and go, when was the last time he saw a football match? I've met Joan Collins, Susanna. Would you like to interview her? I've already done her twice. Twice. We have mutual friends. Uh, 84850. Uh, Mike in Finchley says, your 4am spike, Steve, might go down for a few days as the Jewish New Year starts tonight. So, Shana Tova, to all your Jewish listeners. Ooh, I, don't, I don't like the idea of the... No, I don't think it'll go down. I think it'll, it'll definitely stay up. Definitely. Oh, yes. The Steve Allen loyal Jewish audience. <laughs> Goodness sake, we don't have days off from this programme. Apparently back in uh, 1965, Harry Corbett of Sooty fame was almost not allowed to introduce Sue. Yes, because they, they thought it would, it, the, the, having two, it would spark sex. They thought, yeah. So they said, no, you can't. And uh, so, they, so they, they had Sooty and they thought if they actually introduced a girl into it, then inevitably it would, the intention would turn to something else. Slightly disturbing when I thought to myself, no, they are just hand puppets, aren't they? And how times have changed. You've watched the, watch the Night Garden, Upsy-Daisy and Iggle-Piggle need to get a room kissing all the time. Yeah, d- didn't, the, um, didn't the Teletubbies do the same thing? Didn't one of them have a, a, the purple one have a handbag and it was a man? I didn't quite understand that. never quite understood the Teletubbies, but I like the music. Time for Teletubbies. Made Anne Wood a fortune, didn't it? An absolute fortune. The te- it's, it's, and I've seen the Night Garden. Not actually seen it, but I've seen it on tour. Not actually seen it, but I've seen the tents. We have it down at Richmond, and they have these domes. And all these little children go in there, and I don't know what it is. I mean, I just know it's the Night Garden, and so the little kids go there, and they can obviously see all these creatures. It's quite a good idea, isn't it, really? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7 Sunday morning. So at least it's going to be better, the weather for today. Actually, you know, this building was was buzzing this week because uh, the team went down to see Wicked, which is uh, down in Victoria. It's uh, still going, continues to be wonderful. It's just celebrated its 10th birthday down there. Um, and I've seen it many, many times. They've got spells, potions, enchantments, some lovely songs, and it's just, it's just beautifully staged. And um, it is the untold adventure of Oz. It sort of follows on from The Wizard of Oz, where it might have gone. I mean, I've seen it, I think I've probably seen it about four times or five times, and it's no wonder it's been thrilling people for a, a decade already. I couldn't believe it the other day when they said, somebody had said to me, they said, oh, guess, guess what's coming up to its 10th birthday? And I went, Wicked. It's the only show I could have thought of that would have done it. Because the Phantom is still there. Les Miserables is still there. The Jersey Boys come off next year. So that's an opportunity for you to go and see a, a really super show as well. Uh, and all during this week, you know, you've been hearing all the little trails on LBC for our charity. Globals, make some noise. And uh, this is your opportunity on my programme to, um, to win a whole stack of the very latest home entertainment gadgets. All I require from you is £3. 
I don't want any more. It's very nice, actually, to have more than £3. But this is an opportunity for you. And you don't have to physically pass it over. We'll, we'll take it uh, off a text. And uh, what you can win... Because everybody goes into the prize draw. You could get a Samsung 49-inch television, an iPad Mini 4, a home cinema projector, an Apple TV, PlayStation. The list goes on. And to get your hands on this, you have to... Uh, Support our charity, in which case you're supporting my programme as well, because this is only running on my programme. You text the word TECH, T-E-C-H. It's very easy. T-E-C-H, and you send it to 84850. So TECH, 84850. TECH is the keyword that sends it into the right place, otherwise it ends up floating around in the ether forever. A voluntary donation of just £3 from every text goes straight to our charity, which helps to change Young lives. Standard network rate supply. You need to be 18 or over. You've got until 11pm on the 9th of October to enter. You're playing across all participating radio stations, which can be found along with the T's and C's at lbc.co.uk. So, uh, not for me, but for little voices, little people out there. Tech. T-E-C-H. And send it to 84850 to be in with a chance of winning all those prizes, courtesy of Media Powerhouse. And thank you in advance. Uh, You're going to be hearing him on LBC this week, Louis Theroux. Uh, He's got a film out on Scientology, uh, which is supposed to hit the cinemas very shortly. Meanwhile, the Scientologists, whose temple is based down on the embankment, I think they're... Are they Nice Grinstead as well? I think they're all over the place. It's sort of... I don't quite... It's all based... It's all L. Ron Hubbard. It's a, It was always sh- shrouded in some sort of mystery, the Scientologists. They don't like people probing what they get up to. They don't want to talk about their this or their personality things that they did. And they still... They used to have a place in Tottenham Court Road, which they might still have. I don't know. And uh, anyway, he's got a film out. They're, in the meantime, trying to get some sort of injunction to stop it going out. Obviously, there's obviously things in there that they don't want people to know about. But anyway, he'll be coming into LBC to talk about that, his famous father, and, of course, Jimmy Savile, because he interviewed Jimmy Savile. And uh, he went with Jimmy Savile. He also made porno films in America. This is Louis Theroux. He also did Anne Whittacombe. He did America's Vilest Family. He does all these sort of peculiar things. And he's been out the loop for a while, presumably putting the film together. But uh, on the Savile thing, you can buy it. It's on DVD. Savile is just deeply unpleasant. He sits there, you know, in his little tracksuit, puffing away on a cigarette, uh, on his cigar, without realising that just around the corner was the biggest catastrophe of his entire life. But, of course, none of it would actually be made public until he was dead. And then it would all sort of come out. Uh, But even so, before then, the police used to phone him and he used to answer the phone with, she said she was 16. So there were the rumblings of it. Also, I think he did Max Clifford. He did Max Clifford as well. So he's, he's done loads of different people. But there again, we've all done different people, haven't we, over the years? Because you don't know what goes on in somebody's private life. You know, I've no idea what went on in Max Clifford's private life. We just know that he used to keep more people out of the papers than he put in the papers. But if you had a good scandal story, then what he would do is he would actually, he would represent them. And so they would then sell the story to the paper. Uh, and I know this because his offices were in New Bond Street. They're not now, but they were in New Bond Street. And the girls would troop up there to sell their stories. That's right. It was the Hamiltons, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. The Hamiltons. Well, remember that. Yes, when they were when they were set up, weren't they? Well, I remember that very well. Actually, she turned up the other day. He's now a member of um, of UKIP. He's in he's in the Welsh Assembly. And she turned up on Matthew Wright's programme on the television. She's quite nice, actually. Every time she appears on television, she looks like sort of a, an out-of-date deck chair. She wears these sort of, sort of things. But I always thought she was quite feisty. I, I sort of put her in the same 
the same uh, bag as Edwina Curry. Edwina Curry is really good value, I think, really good value, and uh, used to feature quite a lot on uh, on LBC. Um, what was this here? Somebody was uh, talking about what was somebody talking about. Oh, uh, somebody had been writing in. So I've been listening to you since 1984. Good lord, 1984. I didn't think it was possible to have people that old. They must be very very tired. <laughs> Every time I move show or do something like that, people say, oh, right, oh, right. <laughs> it's my birthday, says Debbie. Wish me a happy birthday on air. That would make my morning. Well, it depends how old you are now. If you're going for a walk, you're obviously not expected to live beyond the afternoon, are you? Presumably you want to get out there, get back in again fairly quickly. <laughs> celebrating a birthday. Fancy celebrating a birthday on a Sunday. How sad is that? Nobody celebrates on a Sunday. You're not going to get any presents, are you? There are going to be no cards arriving through the door. You'll have to go outside, write a few, pop them through the door and then go, oh, wonder what that was. Was that the postman? No, it was you posting your own card through the door. I'm really horrible, aren't I, at times? Really horrible. People celebrating their birthdays on a Sunday. Yeah, of course, it would have been a lot easier if you'd sent us in a piece of cake or something like that. But then again, I suppose that won't be forthcoming either now. God, honestly. I used to love birthdays. Because all, all your little friends had come round, and all you wanted, we went, when we went to Onga to have this meal yesterday, there was uh, there's a, a shop on the high street, it's a, it's a big double fronted, it could be triple fronted, but now it's a play zone for kids, and you can book it out for your parties, which means it's got loads of balls in there, and the kids can play with that, and balloons, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, parents go down there, and the kids just run riot, and as we were going back to the cars... Uh, the car, sorry. Uh, there was all these little kids coming with their parents across the road, all carrying boxes of presents. And it reminds me of a cine film that we've actually got of me in Hong Kong. And the idea is that my father had said, right, we're going to have... I'm going to film you, Stephen. What? We're going to film you. And so we'll have you going to the front door, because it, there was no sound on this, it was just cine film, and it only lasted three minutes. So I'm going to film you in the sitting room, then you're going to look up, because that's going to be the doorbell, and you'll go to the door, open the door, say hello to the person, and then receive the gift. Because nobody came empty-handed to my parties. You know, otherwise we just shut the door. And so on one of the... The, the doorbell... I'm quite bored with this. I'm not really sort of big into being filmed or anything like that. And I was very young. I would have been about nine or, or ten. And on the cine film, because it's the only way you jog your memory nowadays, isn't it? You sort of... Obviously, the, the fictitional doorbell rings. I go to the door... And the kid's got a present, and I snatch it off him. I take this present off him. And just sort of go. My father obviously says to me, Stephen, play nicely, play nicely. But we, my brother was even worse. We had a big Alibaba basket. Do you remember Alibaba baskets? We used to call them Doby baskets. You put all your dirty washing in. The Alibaba baskets were sort of made out of straw, but you could put a child in it. It was quite nice. It had a lid that went on the top, and you would put all your washing in. And it was an Alibaba. Yeah, there you go. An Alibaba basket. Uh, quite, they, they, they were quite big. That, that one, they, but the right, it was a wicker basket. The wicker basket. And my, bro- my father said... My, my father said to my brother, what we're going to do, put you in the Alibaba basket, and then what we want you to do is jump up and go, ta-da! So my father said, and it'll be on, go. So my brother, who's a little bit younger than I am, is in the Alibaba basket and was having a very bad day and decided that he wasn't coming out that basket at all. So my father would go, OK, one, two, three, now. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If he did it once, he did it about five times. And in the end, my brother, who was so exasperated at being in the Alibaba basket, just threw the lid off. 
came out. He didn't, he didn't want to partake of anything like that at all. So that's the Alibaba bath. Everyone used to have them in the, in the bathroom and you put all your washing in there. All your dirty clothes would go in the Alibaba basket and then your mum or whoever would, uh, would sort them all out. It's good, isn't it? Quite like that idea. Uh, front page of the, uh, the Sunday Express is uh, Ranulph Fiennes. Uh, he's rescued a fox from a hunt... And I think the idea was that he wanted it to um, to have some sort of life. Unfortunately, I don't think it actually got it. It looked like it was uh, bitten to pieces. And uh, he's marched against the hunting ban. But uh, this uh, this hounded fox took six days to die. It broke his heart, apparently. Uh, Princess Anne is a bit better. Well, she must be. She's returning to her royal duties. I don't really know what her royal duties are, but she apparently had a stinking cold that developed into a chest infection. Everybody knows what it's like. It's absolutely dreadful. It is absolutely dreadful. And if you've got it, then uh, you have my sympathy because you'll, you'll go through the sniffles. After you've got through the sniffles, <coughs> then you'll end up with the, uh, with the cough. And it'll be a chesty cough. And you just, you just have to get through it. It'll go for about a week. Go for about a week, but it doesn't really matter. You will, you will survive, I promise you. I promise you, you will survive. It just seems like it's the end of the world and you haven't got any... Uh, you haven't got any energy. That's the thing that makes you really tired when you get one of these coughs. Uh, Jihadi John's death, says the paper, sparked the end of ISIS. But British killers will seek revenge. Fighters returning from Iraq plot atrocities on home soil. I don't think we should ever underestimate the fact. I mean, it was, it was fantastic when uh, this is Mohammed Mwazi, known as Jihadi John. He was filmed beheading a British aid worker, David Haynes. I mean, how you face up to that, I've got no idea. Seriously, I, mean, I can't even get my head around something like that. Dreadful metaphor, I realise. But you, you just can't. I don't know how you're supposed to appreciate what's going to happen. I think on the first one that went through, Ken, I don't think he knew what, the, what was ever going to go on at all. Dreadful, dreadful. Um, Andy's got his eye on you. Who's Andy? He's, um, this is an amazing man. He's a police officer. He's community support. So he's sort of, we, we sort of call them plastic policemen. I think, plastic policeman. But this one is amazing. He's, uh, he has got an amazing memory for faces. He's nabbed more than 850 suspects over four years. Each morning, he arrives at work half an hour early, logs onto his computer and scrutinises the pictures that feature in the day's briefing. He then spends his lunch break re-examining the pictures. One of them, he actually uh, identified uh, a facial mole, another one by the shape of his moustache. Really interesting. So, clever lad, and uh, I don't know where he's based, actually. Oh, he's based in uh, Redditch. He works for the West Midlands Safer Travel Partnership, but he's good at spotting people who the police would like to have a chat with to further their inquiries. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Leading Britain's conversation, Andrew Castle, this morning from 7 on LBC. Andrew with you in about uh, 12 minutes on LBC. It's Steve Allen with you uh, just for a little bit longer. I noticed my friend Simon, he's, he seems to have a, almost a football team of a family, but his, uh, his youngest son's birthday is today. He's 11. And so he said we're going to take 11 of his mates kayaking. What could possibly go wrong at 11? I thought roller skating, actually, Simon, would be a lot easier. Roller skating, I think, definitely would be much easier. But uh, kayaking, I've never done kayaking. I've seen it and I thought maybe I could do it because, I mean, living along the banks of the uh, of the Thames, you know, you see people out there paddling up and down. You think, that looks quite nice. Then you think, oh, maybe not. I kind of get a bit sort of over myself in, uh, 
in, sort of, in, in a matter of seconds, actually. All those people stranded on the London Eye for 90 minutes, what are they complaining about? How fantastic. Loads of opportunity to take, you know, film and do everything else. 583 people. That must have been fairly full. It obviously runs quite late into the night, doesn't it, the London Eye? But we're always getting things breaking down. Always getting things breaking down. Victoria Beckham has said that uh, she wants to be anywhere but the red carpet. Good Lord. We were, only, we were talking about her the other day, actually, and trying to work out how many days in the year the, the family are all together, because they all seem to be all over the place, don't they? You've got him, who's sort of out, you know, in the gym in America. One of the kids over here skateboarding. She's nowhere to be seen. And, um, you know, Harper, Harper Beckham is probably just sort of designing clothes because she designs that, because they're a very talented family. Uh, marvellously talented. Well, we keep being told they're marvellously talented. We've yet to see any example of it. I'm waiting to see some of... Because uh, apparently Brooklyn is a marvellous photographer. I don't know if you've seen any photographs yet, but I'm sure there will be some out there before too long. Uh, the Sunday Telegraph, the widow of the Falklands hero, telling of her two-year battle to save their frozen embryos. This story ran on LBC uh, last week, and originally they said, no, you can't do this, and now they've said yes. She endured a court battle with an IVF clinic. It's ridiculous, isn't it? The, the, the lengths that you have to go to to try and get something, you know, to, to remain in place. Uh, fresh divorce row with uh, Jean Bernard, Versace, whatever his face is, and Cheryl, because he won't sign a thing uh, saying that he won't talk about their marriage. Well, he's got nothing else in his life. He might as well talk about it. I love the way they go. Well, I'm, I'm gagging you. I'm not going to let you talk about our marriage. Why not? Why not? I mean, what does she do? Does she sleep with her hair in curlers or something? Or perhaps she dresses up as a man or sort of mimes with a hairbrush in front of the mirror. And what what possible... She's of no interest. She's from a council estate in Newcastle. What in God's name do we think she does? You know, do you think all her food can... She make... Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, she makes perfume, doesn't she? I mean, I should imagine most of her meals come in polystyrene boxes with... Do you want chilli sauce with that? Yeah, well, yeah, I love salad. Thank you. Love a kebab. Love a kebab. Uh, the ex-stripper, who's Alan Sugar's new apprentice... Her name is Jessica Cunningham. She probably worked under another name. Like, I can't think of anything. Actually, I don't know what strippers' names are nowadays. I don't think, you know, probably not very exciting at all. Uh, also, the mum of 14, the 29-year-old's 14 daughters. She wants a boy, so she's not going to stop trying. You get the feeling you've had sort of 14 girls. The next one's going to be a girl as well. I mean, I don't know why. And you're supposed to be able to do things, aren't you? I mean, I'm, I'm talking completely out of the top of my head here. But I'm sure somebody said if you sort of do, you have to follow certain rules or eat certain foods if you want to have a particular sex of a child. So if you're looking for a boy, you know, you eat boiled beef and carrots or something on Tuesday and then you've got to make love on the third. Oh, I don't know. It all gets very complicated. But no, it's obviously not working for her. She's got 14 daughters. That's going to be a nightmare. Mind you, at least they can interchange clothes. Thank God for that. What about the poor boy? Well, so he's going to end up with some little rah-rah skirt. Makeup, having his hair done. God, he's going to be picked on because he's going to be the youngest in the family, which is not so good. Uh, TV kitchen queen Delia Smith could replace Mary Berry on the Great British Bake Off. She could do. She could do. Paul Gascoigne misses a speaking engagement in Middlesbrough. He's too drunk to board a trade in London. Must be embarrassing, mustn't it? Too drunk in London. We've seen drunks in London and they go, I'm terribly sorry, Paul, you're way too drunk. No, you're drunk. You can't get on the train. Not even going to let him get on the train. I mean, surely he doesn't travel by himself, does he? You'd think they'd send a car. He's doing a speaking engagement. Send a car. I don't understand why they'd let him wander off down to the station by himself. But I thought he lives in Bournemouth. So what on earth was he doing in London? It's even more bizarre. Uh, Ian says that Christine Hamilton had her own chat show in 2000. She interviewed controversial people in the public eye 
who, like Neil and her, had attracted media attention. Despite it being highly acclaimed, the BBC dropped it after one series when the subject matter got a bit too close to home. How nice. How nice. I, I like her, though. I think she's quite feisty. I wouldn't be interested in... Uh, in watching a, a programme about her. I mean, I really wouldn't. I could, you know, not... People... They all did it at one time. Don't you remember? People saying, oh, I think I'd quite like a chat show. I think I'd like to do this. And you go, what, for what reason? Oh, because people tell me I'd be very good at it. Why? Why? Ridiculous. Uh, came back from Venice last week. Thoroughly loved it, says Anita. Although the hotel was very expensive. A glass of wine was 15 euros. It is very expensive. But then, you know, if you want to sit at these outside cafes... That's even more expensive, isn't it? And people do want to sit there because it's people watching. That's what they like. Uh, Paul says, are these returning ISIS fighters going to be allowed back into Britain without being detained? Well, I don't know. Steve, you didn't wish me a happy birthday. You were just mean. I'm 42. Oh, my God, and the rest. 42? You won't see 42 again, will you? Girl's truth. But I still love your show. Of course you do. You've got nobody else. It's just me, isn't it? All the way through. Happy birthday. Honestly, Debbie, for goodness sake. You live in Gypsy Hill. What does that tell me about you? You're 42. Uh, other texts and emails this morning. Uh, a lot of people... T- they were talking earlier on. I don't know if they're going to continue this this talk later on today with Andrew Castle, because he started this debate about uh, boxing, that they should ban it. Because I think there's there's been two deaths now, and that's probably too, too many. Um, and I'm thinking... What is the purpose of boxing? I mean, seriously, what... I mean, I don't even understand motor racing, so I'm starting at the base of what's the point of motor racing. It's blurred adverts going past very, very fast, people draping themselves over over cars, and people like Bernie Eccleston making a small fortune out of it. Who cares? Who cares? You can see roughly the same on the M4 most days. People put their foot down. And so I ask the same question of boxing. What's the point of boxing? So one person can flatten somebody else. You've seen the way most of them go. They all end up brain damaged or something. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's saying it should be banned. I mean, I, 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 would, I would probably ban it. I don't see the point of it. It's like cage fighting. Who are those stupid people? What's cage fighting and, and boxing? We don't need anything like that. You don't need it, do you? I mean, you really don't need it because it, it's not, at the end of the day, it's like, I suppose it's like climbing mountains, isn't it? It's like climbing mountains. People go, why do you climb that mountain? They go, because it's there. And that's, but in boxing, it's two people knocking six bells out of each other. I mean, perhaps they should have to wear boxing helmets to prevent head injuries. Because this poor soul was knocked down twice and he died. He was, he was, he was in his 20s. Shouldn't be dead, should he? Perhaps if he told them he was getting migraines or migraines, might have been completely different. Uh, Richard Keyes, he makes the paper today. He's uh, discovered somebody, uh, I think it was a friend of his, uh, a friend of his daughter, uh, they're all talking about it. They're all sort of saying he's wrong, he's wrong, he's wrong. Uh, I don't know where he he's... Is he based somewhere else now? Is he based in Dubai? Qatar? I thought he might be. They were talking about the fact that he can, he can be hauled up in front of one of their courts or something because he could be breaking uh, Muslim law over, over doing these sort of things. It's adultery, isn't it? And I don't think they look, uh, they look too good on that. So, anyway, we'll wait and see, shall we? Wait and see. Here's a picture of, uh, you know, because I'm worth it. Cheryl, give me a break. No, he doesn't want to. He wants to sell stories about your existence. And that's, you know, that's the thing that we want to know about. Who cares about... No, I couldn't care less about your hair, your makeup, your clothes. Don't care. We just want to know what you're like at home. You know, interesting. Robbie Williams has given up his hell-raising ways. Robbie Williams never had any hell-raising ways. When, when, can somebody explain to me what Robbie Williams' hell-raising ways were? There weren't any. He swore to take that concert, and he used to drink. That's not hell-raising. 
That's being some lost little child. Don't need to worry about that, do you? Uh, and um, what have we got here? Oh, um, Cliff Richard and Mike Reed. Uh, Mike says he's ready to help Cliff Richard get his life back on track uh, with a game of tennis. I think they played tennis before, actually. X Radio 1 DJ Mike, 69. Blimey, it was X Radio 1 donkey's years ago. Donkey's years ago. Can't believe it. But he says, uh, I'll still beat him. Mike, whose talent show for songwriters starts on Showbiz TV, said he had tea with Sir Cliff at Wimbledon. He said he's got the album coming out so he can get back to what he does best, his music. I don't think he wants to play tennis. He might want to play tennis. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to play tennis. I think I want to go home having a piece of toast. I've got to think about a piece of toast. Think about a piece. I've got an obsession with toast today. So uh, I think we'll be having that. A little bit of a little bit of exercise. And uh, fingers crossed the weather's going to be quite nice today. Thank you for your company. Thank you for, for texting tech uh, to 84850. Uh, if you're booking a show, Wicked, Jersey Boys, and uh, Anne Emery has passed on to the great showbiz stage in the sky. Don't forget you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10, it's Katie Hopkins. Follow me on Twitter. At Steve Allen Show, but coming up right now on LBC, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4 a.m. Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5 a.m.